0: be prepared to experience a life-changing teaching designed to challenge you to discover your blessings in a world-fulfilled life from the ministry of reverend isaac abzulabar Awuni from the international central gospel church paradise temple and now today's sermon father we thank you and then we bless you we give you honor we give you glory we give you praise speak to us from your word. May we receive the word in season that will be a blessing to our faith. A word that will empower us. A word that will motivate us. A word that will put our faith into action. A word that will make us up to do. And a word that will bring profits and blessings in your way to us. We know you do it and we know that you have done it we thank you in jesus name amen amen so we are continuing with the studies of um, feet, and then we are looking at the um, characteristics of um, some of the fit feet, and uh, this afternoon we are looking at an uh, unsubmissive faith we are looking at a um, faith that is not submitted faith that is proud hallelujah and we want to look at uh, look at, look at, look at uh, how we can submit our faith. That is what we're going to look at. Uh, the morning we look at uh, how we can make our faith active, committed. Uh, how we should f- refuse our faith to be inactive. And um, now we want to look at uh, how to submit our faith. Amen. Unsubmissive faith is faith without humility. Matthew 15, 21 to 28, we see a woman who went to Jesus Christ. She has a problem. She went to Christ. That's Christ, I have a problem. And then when she went, after talking to Jesus, the first statement that came out of the mouth of Jesus was very insulting. Which I believe if a pastor or some kind of leader would use these words on his or her church member, the person will forever and never leave the church without remembering the road that goes to that place. Sometimes the kind of things that even cause people to leave church, they don't even get to the level at which Jesus addressed this woman. And people leave church. But Jesus addressed this woman so painful that the woman didn't see anything painful in it. She didn't even bother what Jesus was talking about. All her concentration was what she want. And what her faith tells her that she can get from Christ. Hallelujah. So if we are going to have a faith that is humble, then I believe we must learn from this woman and take some of the lessons why Jesus have to credit her of having faith and give her the miracle which Jesus himself told her that you don't deserve it. But because she was so submissive with her faith, Jesus have to give to her what she wasn't or she was not deserved to have at that point of time. So, unsubmissive faith is faith which is without humility. Having all the faith in God for what we want from him, but very sensitive to self is unsubmissive faith. It does not matter the faith that we have. We can have every faith in God for whatever we want from him. But if we are so sensitive that God cannot touch our life, we are not sub- submissive, and you know we have Christians who they have faith, but you dare touch them. You can only deal with them on matters of their faiths, but when it comes to their personal life, no, I don't. Owe, I'm not accountable to anybody, and and you know it's I, it's a long time ahead of it. But you will hear Christians say that I'm not accountable to anybody. I am accountable to God. It's true. That you are accountable to God. But remember also that you are accountable to people because God will not come down and do what you want for you. It's people who will do it for you. Hello? You are believing God for a job. God does not own any company in practice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you seen any company that is written God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit Corporation Limited or Company Limited? Have you seen one? No. It is owned by people. So God always gives us the grace and the favor before people. And the people employed us. If you're looking to marry you have never seen God who is marrying, if God is to marry all of us, then is God a he or God a she? Hallelujah! Because he's somebody, hey, me, I'm married to Jesus, so I'm married to Jesus. Ah, Fine, good. We are all married to Jesus because the church is married to Jesus. According to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22, the church is married to Jesus. So, spiritual by spiritual union, fine. But, if you're a human being and you want to marry, you want to marry. Said so I'm married to Jesus, so which you know that is not true. Hallelujah. But so nobody should touch that part of my life. No, deal with me on the matters of my faith. Church, if we live by that, we are unsubmissive, and our faith cannot produce us whatever we want from God. Amen. So let's proceed unsubmissive faith want to receive from God but doesn't want God to touch their carnal life. They want from God but God can't touch the way I live my life. God can't touch the way I do my things. Yes, I'm a Christian, I'm a church member but my private life is my private life. It's no pastor's business. The way I go about my life, it's not any church member's business. It's my private life. It's my life. Let God judge me. Hallelujah. It's true. It's your life. But because God wants you to be accountable, that is why he's put us in the middle of what? People, to check us. Because, listen, if God did not build a church corporates and put us in the church for us to be checked some of us who do dangerous things hallelujah we do dangerous things even with the holy ghost in us sometimes look at the way some of us we can get annoyed but there are christians who believe that god it's what I want from God. But when it comes to my private life, my, 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 my daily life or whatever, no. That's not. So if you're they, they reading the Bible, they take some out. Hallelujah. I, I know a friend who said that the Bible, he has places of the Bible he read and places of the Bible he doesn't read. He doesn't read it. And, and he, he doesn't think he will read it. He doesn't need to read it. Because whenever he is reading it, it makes him feel uncomfortable. When he reads it, he sees that he is not a good Christian. So he doesn't want to read it. That is unsubmissiveness. Hallelujah. So, unsubmissive faith says, that is Christians who have unsubmissive faith. They say, God must deal with me on the grounds of what I want from him. And not how I live my life. That is what. So if you hear something. You let's talk about church. Talk about if you're talking with me on my church, on my this thing, but how I live my life, leave it to me. You can talk about it. Amen. And we have people who Christians who are like that. Deal with me on what I want, and not about my life. No, not how I live my life. So, a Christian with an unsubmissive faith doesn't want anyone to touch their carnal life. Christians who have unsubmissive faith, they don't want anybody to touch their life. And you know, we have Christians, nobody can touch their life. And sometimes we have Christians, even their own spouses, their wives, their husbands, they can't touch their. Person, their, their Can touch your life. That's the way you are. Somebody's in a department, and you know there's some attitude and some lifestyle or some things you are doing in the department that is not good. It's not selling well. And if the leader one is, hey, you can't touch it. You can't touch Amen. It's like this is a deception that comes from Satan. Anytime you think that. Nobody can talk or can touch your life. People must only relate with you. People must only go with you. With your Christian faith and ever. But when it comes to your private life. Nobody has the right. To talk about it. You are living in deception. Because remember the Bible says. We have such a cloud of witness. Around us. So church. We have witness. Around us. People are watching our life every day. People are watching us. People are marking us. The Bible said that we are the epistle written in the hearts of the heathen. The unbelievers, we are the Bible that they read. They are reading us every day as we go, every day as we come. They are reading our life. For God so loved the world, they they want to see whether God so loved the world. And if God so them, they must see it with our life. Give, and it shall give back unto you good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give to your bosom? They are watching us whether we give. Hallelujah! Love your neighbor as yourself. They are watching us. Do we love our neighbors? Hallelujah! So there's nothing like you saying that no, you must deal with me only on the matters of my faith and live my life alone. I must live my life. No. We have to know that we, our life is also in question. Because people will never leave or forget and forsake to be part of our church because of our faith. But because of our practices. Our lifestyle. Do you hear people say that as for this church I will not go because they believe in Christ. Hello? They say that apart from those who are not Christians or who belong to other religions, but the ordinary person who want to be a Christian and believe in Christ, most of the time, I will not go to this church because they do this, that, and that. There's a lifestyle of a person, there's a lifestyle of, 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 of them which I don't agree with. So we can't separate our lifestyle with our faith. And the moment we want to separate our lifestyle from our faith, we are becoming unsubmissive. Amen. Amen. That is why church, we must live a very careful discipline, sacred life. We all have rough (laughs) edges or hedges. But we must make everything possible that your rough edges are covered. So that people will not dwell on that and run away from the faith. And we shouldn't be happy Go about telling people that it's it's, it's about my faith. It's it's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's not about the outward. It's about the heart. It's not about the outward. It's about the heart. Statements like this are unsubmissive. It doesn't make us submissive before God. Amen. Amen. Let's move on. How to submit our faith? How to submit our faith? Number one is to die to yourself. We must die to what? Ourself. Stop being too sensitive and afraid to get hurt or being offended. You must die to yourself some of us Christians are fully alive. Fully alive. Do you know that in Romans, the Bible said that, if we died with him, then we have resurrected with him. Then we died to all things, all self, and have picked up the new life of Christ. That is why he said that, behold, all things have passed away and all things have become old. new. And Romans said, that we have now put aside the corruptible life and put on the incorruptible. The corruptible was too sensitive, too afraid, too alive, impatience, unforgiving, greedy, strife, hatred, envy. Now, we have died to death with Christ. And we resurrected with the newness of Christ. The incorruptible body of Christ, which is patient, loving, kind, long-suffering, endurance. But we have still some Christians who are still alive, sensitive. Let somebody touch you. And everybody in the church will know that you are hurt. You are alive. Hallelujah. And some of us, we cannot even take offenses or we are so afraid. We want, we believe in something, but we are afraid. But if number one, if we are going to submit our faith, we must die to ourselves. Don't let us become too sensitive as Christians. Sometimes the blessings of God comes in a very offensive hating way and if we don't have that tenacity to endure and see the blessings and grab it we will leave it if we are too sensitive to ourselves in revelation chapter 12 verse 11 the faith that overcomes the three things the bible talks about is the blood of jesus is the word of our testimony and it is dying to self let's read revelation 12 verse 11 so that you understand this that if you want to overcome every challenge by your faith he said and they have conquered or they overcome and they overcame him who is him it can be that demon it can be that devil it can be that problem it can be that challenge whatever is before you that you are trusting god to overcome it's him because it's not saying him as a human being, but him as a spirit. Hallelujah. Because it's a personality which is being addressed. Said so overcame one by the blood of the Lamb. That is how you overcome first by the blood of Jesus Christ. Number two. And by the word of their testimony, by our testimony of Christ. Our testimonies we have, not the testimony that you know I was believing God that I should win too, sure. And then the three weeks ago, I stake lotto and I cracked too sure. Not that testimony. Not a testimony that in fact for a long time I was not growing tall. And everyone was calling me dwarf. And I believe God that God should make me grow tall. And then I discovered this shoe. And anytime I wear it, I'm long. Now everyone think I'm long. But thank God that people are not even noticing that I'm wearing a shoe. That's not that testimony. But the testimony that I was once a sinner. But today I am no more a sinner. It's just because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And that grace will save me. That grace can preserve my life. That grace will save me. That grace can take me through every challenge. That grace will save me. That grace has given me power over all the powers of the devil. That grace will save me. That grace has enabled me. The devil you cannot do anything against my life. I walk by grace. I walk by the grace. And I am covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I belong to Christ. He that is in the world. Cannot be compared to he that is in me. I am more than a conqueror. That is the testimony. Amen. When you personalize the word of God for your salvation, it's your testimony. Hallelujah. And the Bible said the third thing is, and they love not their lives even unto death. Other verses they did not love their lives even unto death. That means they, every day they don't even care. To them, they were walking, but they are dead. They were died to themselves. So if they said, Hey, Satan is here, when you go, he will catch you. You say, oh, Well, I will go. You can catch me. That is what it means. Hallelujah. Yeah. But there are some Christians, we are not dead to ourselves. Small thing, we get angry. Small thing, we are offended. Small thing, we are distant. Sometimes let us take bold decisions and we are afraid. This thing, and I'll be hurt, and I'll get, hurt, and I'll get hurt. me. I don't want to join the choir because I don't want anybody. This small, small guys they don't respect. Hallelujah! So if you become too sensitive, I'm afraid, I'll get hurt, and it will not work. And it will not work. It will not work. I'm telling you, it will not work for years. It will not work. The question is, did you even know that you'll be in church today? You only have faith. Amen. Only have faith and faith has brought you here. Faith will take you home. Faith will take you to tomorrow. Faith will take you to the day after tomorrow. Faith is the one who will make you who you are dreaming to become. Everything is about faith and it's risk. Hallelujah. So it's taking a spiritual risk but I'm not here yet. So let's go to number two. Okay, let's move to the next one. When I get there. Let's go to the next one then I can address it very well. From after dying to self. Which the next one is be real before God. Be real. If you are going to submit your faith to God, you have to be real. You have to be real. There are most Christians who are fake before God. And, and it's funny to be fake before God. If you are fake before the pastor, well. Because nobody wants to be called a thief, even when we are a thief. So that one in the face of the people, let us all look righteous and holy. But before God, we have to be real. So, number one, be frank to yourself to accept who you are and who you are not. You have to be frank. Jesus told the woman that, hey, children's bread are not given to dogs. So, in other words, the woman is who? A dog. Did the woman say that, hey, I'm not a dog? Did she say, I'm not a dog? You know what she said? Even dogs. They eat the crumbs under the children's table. So the woman said, yeah, no problem. I know I'm a dog. And I'm not competing with the children's food. I am a dog. But I just want the residue of the children. And you know the reason why Jesus addressed the woman as a dog? Because in, in, the, in, in, in the Jewish um, um, tradition or beliefs, a dog is an abomination. A dog is a non-entity before a Jew. A dog and a pig, they are an abomination before a Jew. So, Jews don't touch dogs. They use stones to kill dogs. To, to a Jew, anything that they use stone on is an abomination. Amen. That is why when these Philistine, when they throw stone on them, they will use thousand bullets against them. Because the moment you throw a stone on a Jew, it means you make him a non-entity. It means it mean he or she is nothing but a useless creature. So when Jesus was telling us, uh, the woman that dogs don't it's, he was telling the woman that you are a non-entity before a Jew. And to the Jew the Gentiles are hot. Non-entities. We are dogs. That is why he said I came for the household of Israel and not for you. And that is why Peter was insisting when God was telling him go and pray for Paul. Peter was insisting that I will not go. Because he was a non-entity. It was an abomination do you know that when david met goliath what did goliath said was was am i a dog that you come to me with stones yeah because goliath know that to the jew whenever they use a stone it means the thing they are referring to is a non-entity so when he saw david with stones goliath was like, you take me to be a dog am i a non-entity before you and david said yeah you know how David said they say, Are you on circumcised Philistine? You are a non-entity, you are not part of the covenant of the household of God. So you are a non-entity, and you are only better to be killed by a stone. So when Jesus referred to the woman as a dog, the woman didn't get angry. You said oh well, because at that time grace was not sufficient or was not uh, there. It was after the death of Jesus Christ that grace came unto the Gentiles that we became part. The Bible says that we were engulfed into the vine, into the tree of righteousness. Then we became part. But since then, we were not part of it. So we were not under grace. At that time, the woman was asking for grace when it was not yet her time. Because it was just for the household of Israel. And she was looking for something from God that God has not made it available. And Jesus said, you know something? What you are asking for is for the children of Israel. And the woman said, well, so the leftovers of the children, well, the dogs we eat. She was frank with herself. When we are before God, let us be frank with ourselves. Who we are is who we are. Who we are not is who we are not. God, you know I am very soon I shall become an MP. God, the person praying before you this morning is the future MP of my hometown. God, perform it. But at the point we're talking to God, Gary is not in your house. Your house is absolutely empty. You were nowhere even near assembly mine. And you wouldn't contact God on the level of where you are, but you are, you are you are asking God for what you are not. Number two, concentrate on the matters that borders on your life and not those that touches on your ego. If I don't know who that woman was. I don't know who that woman was, but can you imagine if that woman's mother has social sure standing than Jesus' mother? Imagine that woman is a big-time politician or businesswoman who moved things. So you can imagine if the woman moved things. And I stand before Jesus Christ, and Jesus said, "A dog." Say, "Hey, Hallelujah!" But the woman didn't bother Huh? What did Jesus touch on her ego? Touch on she was not. That was not her concern. While Jesus was talking, all it was like, "I came for healing." That is what I want. When you stand before God, listen. Concentrate on the matters that bothers on your life. Forget about any other thing. Hallelujah. Forget about your ego, who you are, and whatever. If your ego could provide the solution, you would never have gone for the, the, what you are looking for Christ. It is the problem why you are before him. So, talk to him on the problem. And put aside who you are and whatever, and whatever ego, and whatever status, and whatever rank, and whatever LL, whatever. It is good, but at that moment before Christ, it is you, your problem, and God. Hallelujah. Come before God for your life issues and not to settle religious cause. So that this is for the children, not for dogs. And the children were referring to Jews. Not for Gentiles. Jesus was talking about religious matters here. The woman said, well, I'm not here about religious matters here. When God, you know, when I used to be in church, of XYZ. I used to pray like this. And since I joined Paradise Temple, they don't pray, so my prayer life has gone hope I gone down. Will that solve the problem? Amen. And some will tell, leave this church and go to this church. Because this church, they don't pray, they don't drink anointing oil, they don't bath in water. This church, the pastor don't boot them. So leave and go here, and you too leave and go. Solution. It's not on the religious matters. It's about your issue. Faith has nothing to do with whichever religious connection or affiliation that you belong. Faith has to do with you and you believe in God and what he's capable of doing for you. So concentrate on the matters of your life, the issues of your life. And leave other religious issues. Hallelujah, number four. Never come before God with your reputation or status. Come before God with your reputation or status. Hallelujah. You know, this man called Diros or gyros went before God. He said, Jesus was talking to her, hey Jesus I said, Jesus, you just hold on. You just send your word because I am a man under authority. So I understand authority let me put my authority, you just speak your word. Forget about anything about authority. I, I, I put my reputation aside. There was another man, Nehman, the Syrian army. You have a problem and then you are thinking about your reputation. The woman said, go to the prophet. He went to the prophet. The prophet said, go and bath in Shiloh. You he said, hey, you know what we are talking about? Hey, there are pools like Abana better swimming pool pools water that smells good treated that I can swim in I come here you know who you are talking about you are talking about the commander in chief of the Syrian army They're telling me to go out there where everybody is bathing I should go the prophet didn't say anything he just left him and went inside then the servant the smuggler said hey boss you've come here too boss I think if the prophet have told you to climb a tree that would have, this is why I said, just go and bath boss. Swallow whatever and go and bath. She has to swallow it and go and bath and got the results. Let us not come to God with a reputation. Don't equate yourself with anybody within the kingdom of Christ. If you want to have a submissive faith, don't equate yourself like the Pharisee. Who went to pray? And I said, God, no, I'm a Pharisee. I fast three times in a week. I pray five times in a day. I am not like that guy over there. The Bible said that God looked at them and said that this man's prayer is waste. But that guy started to say, God, behold, a sinner. Forgive me, my son. I come before you, God. And the Bible said that God answered that one than the other one. When you stand before God, God, hey, this year, you know, I was praying for marriage. Yahaponza was, was praying for marriage. your Representative was praying for marriage. Yahaponza is married. Could you have a is married. God, why? God, why me? Why my own not coming? Are you the same? You equate yourself with other people in the kingdom. This one has done this, so I must also do this. This one has done this, so I must also do this. He's bought a a car for his wife, so I must also buy a car for my wife. He's this, so I must also do this. They are wearing this. I must wear this. I I mean, there are some people who come to church every Sunday. They are looking for somebody has become their yardstick. Today they wear long week. Next time they also wear long week. The following day they wear heel. They also wear heel. The next time they wear blue. They also wear blue. They use red Lipstick. They also use red lipstick, yellow lipstick. They use yellow lipstick. They, they they didn't use any, any lipstick. They thought it was black. They also wanted to put paint their mouth black. So you can see that now, when you come to church, everybody now recognize. Let us be sure that we don't equate ourselves with anybody. Strive to touch the compassion of God. Touch the compassion of what? God. The Bible said that he shows mercy on whom he show mercy and compassion on whom he will show compassion. Go to God for his compassion. Go to God for his mercies. You don't try to go to God and, and think that maybe God is mandated to bless you. In fact, God does not owe anybody of anything. Home. Hello? You know God does not owe you anything. He doesn't owe you anything. We owe him everything. Because we owe him our life. We owe him our existence. We owe him our... Everything about you, you owe it to God. But he doesn't owe you everything. So you can't go to him demanding everything as if he owe you. Let's move on. Four. Speak for your case. The fourth point of submitting your faith before God. It's learned what? Speak for your case. Anytime you are before God, speak for your case. Limit your conversations with God on your case. When you go before God, talk about your case. Why you are before God. Finally. Amen. If I'm praying for you, if I go before God, it's about you. I'm praying for all them single men all the single women, and praying for the married, and pray for the unmarried. It's just about you limit your conversations. You don't add any other. The woman was not care about who God was talking about. Whether God was talking about children, whether talking about bread, talking about dogs, that was none of her business. It was me. I need healing from you, and it's healing. Children or whatever, you can go wherever you go, but that is none of my business. What I want from you is what we are talking about church that must be when you are before God, let me talk about your issue. If you are going to talk about your issue hundred times, stay and talk about it. Stop beating about the bush and referring to this and and, and some of us sometimes we, 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 we pull God even to generations that God himself has forgotten. God, you know this case started when I was in primary school and then God, you know, and then this, and by the time you get to the current issue, God is asleep. Then you are still, you yourself know that you are tired. Uh, ask yourself, talk about your case. Never argue with God on matters you are guilty. God said, Dogs don't eat the children's. The woman said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you on that matter. Matters, you are guilty. You are guilty. You don't argue with God. Amen. And that brings us to the immediate one. Don't try to justify yourself before God, no matter how reasonable you are. You don't try to justify. In fact, there is no justification we have before God. He justifies us because the Bible said that it's those that he what? He foreknew. They that's what he called he predestined them he called them when he called them the Bible said that he justified them and after justify he shall glorify them so it's God who is justifying us to glorify us so we have no justification we have no reason to argue with God on anything God you don't understand you don't understand the circumstance that God it's not my fault it's not that I wanted, no, it's not my fault. God, you see, I understand, it's because of ABC. You, you have no reason. Hallelujah. Yeah. Then I said, God, the next one, God does not deal with us on reasons, but on the truth of the, His word. Hallelujah. Yeah. God does not deal with us on what? Reasons. He's not looking for reasons. If God was to deal with us on reasons, it shall be like the court of Ghana. By now, your case will still be in court. Because reasons always want to find out proof. Hallelujah. He doesn't deal with us on reasons. He deals with that on the truth of the word. This is what the word says. You have wronged the word. Accept it and move on. And let's settle it and let's get going. So you don't try to justify yourself. Sometimes we well, are people who try to justify themselves, and they, and and no, 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 no. Listen, if you fall, you fall. You didn't say that, and it was raining, and 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 I have no this thing, and 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 it kept long in, in 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 my boyfriend's house and in my guest friend's house, and, and the rain didn't stop. So how it happened? I called my parents. I cannot come home. So I was I was sleeping with a friend, and, and then it happens. So, God must understand. God must understand what? That it was raining. And then you choose to. Did the rain tell you that don't walk? Or did the rain tell you that I am raining, so sleep, don't move? Well, that is how I live my life. Anytime i wrong, I fall before God, I go, hey, God, hey, Charlie, I'm wrong. So that you don't drag issues with God. Hallelujah. The next one. This this, this is an argument I am having with myself. Okay? On the issue of trying to reason up with God. And let us reason it together. On the issue of trying to justify yourself. So I call it a puzzle of truth. Will God have forgiven Adam if he had admitted his wrong? It's a question. Amen. We said don't justify your case. God does not deal with us on reasons. God came and said, Adam! Adam was hiding. Where are you? I'm hiding. And God said, Adam, why are you hiding? Why? Have you eaten the tree that I told you don't eat? What should Adam say? Is that not it? So if Adam has said yes, will God have forgiven him? If we are faithful and just to admit our sins and confess our sins, he forgives and forsakes our sins. Is that not what the Bible says? So Adam did not. What did he do? If he had not tried to justify his sins, he was now justifying himself. Did you eat that? tree? He didn't say yes or no. Say God. The issue is not about me eating the fruits. No, it's not about me. You know that God, I have been in this garden for thousands of years. I have never touched this tree. It's the woman. It's the woman. Meanwhile, the woman has ate her own. Old. And God was dealing with Adam, but Adam said, "Is the woman. She was, he was trying to justify his sins before God. Amen. He shifted blame immediately. And church, anytime we want to justify ourselves before God, we shift blames. We shift and listen. You have to be very careful about Christians who shift brain. Christians who don't want to own their responsibilities and their mistakes. You have to be very careful. People who are always saying that if it does not be, be this, if it was not this person, if it was not this person, be careful about such people. They don't have a submissive spirit. Hallelujah. They don't have. Sometimes you will say that, well, You 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 go to court and he was influenced and he was deceived and whatever. Nobody ever will tell you don't also learn to be wise. And God does not say that because somebody deceived you and somebody influenced you. No. He deals with you individual. Because the faith you carry and what you are believing is individual. So he doesn't expect you to go about justifying yourself and try to shift blames. If this man has not come into my life, if this woman has not come into my life, I would have been a better person now. I would have been that. I would have been that. Stop it. Did they tie your legs and your hands and carry you into that person's house? Hello? I didn't know. If I had known what I know today, what stopped you from knowing? Hmm? Ask chapter 17. The days of ignorance, God overlooked. But now He acknowledges everybody to learn said for lack of knowledge the people will perish. Ignorance will not say that you don't know so you don't suffer. you survive it. And I said would God have spared Eve if she had admitted her sins? Look at Eve too. Today when your wife is pregnant and is on the ninth month if you have never married and your wife has gotten there start believing God. That thing, when I remember it, I said, No, I can't take it the third time. So I always tell my wife, If you play corner fast and a chalk, <laughs> you need to give me heart power. Church, it is not easy standing at the labor ward, seeing a woman going through the labor course. Oh, young ladies, don't be afraid, whatever it is, whether you like it or not, as long as you're a woman, you go there. So if I'm saying it, just be happy that one day you also go to labor pains. Because there's nothing you can do about it unless you become a man, which is impossible now. Hallelujah. Yeah. I sit down and I look at my wife. Some uh, I go and ask the the, 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 the the doctor, doctor, so what is happening? Doctor, doctor, do something. She's dying. She said, she, and the doctor said, She's not dying. I said, Ah! See, see, she can't breathe she can't breathe, she can't do anything she can't control herself don't you see says, no, we you have a fine have three. hey, and I can't sleep and I look at her and my heart I say, hey God hey, this will it amen if if had admitted will women have gone through that problem because if because they didn't, that's why God cares. if. You see the way I'm sweating. You see the way I'm cleaning my sweat. If Abraham uh, Adam has admitted this sweat wouldn't that have been there? Because Adam didn't. He said that in, in toil, you will eat. Look at the way I'm sweating. and uh, this heat, yes, just' because I want to eat, simply because Adam refused tried to justify himself and God get angry. Adam. Because of you all men will sweat before they eat almost about seven something billion years ago i'm sweating now to eat an innocent girl who has not done anything conceived nicely when it is about even the nine man just a few hours for the baby to come and your heart is in your hands a wife is in labor ward and you are shaking and you are looking at her and sometimes you see the way they go up and down and they go and small time they will poo poo and they will go and, see and they will go and then nothing will come and they will go and sometimes chamber pot is beside them and they and you go and throw it away and then it's coming and they will hold your hands Some if you mistakenly they are holding your hands and it's your neck because the moment of labor they don't care what they hold if your hand doesn't go and your neck by the time you said honey leave my neck squeeze your neck to die you'll be stretching something to hold amen just because somebody tried to justify and shift blames if why the serpent you see, sometimes we make God to burden the faith for us. Sometimes we make God to burden it for us. Instead of accepting our blames, submitting ourselves, and allow free course, we try to justify. We try to justify. If not this, if not this, if it, it, if, it it, if it wasn't it, if it wasn't it, if it wasn't it. You see, sometimes just be happy that you wrong God and then God has come and you have said it and, and you have settled the score. Than trying to justify it and try to find all sort of reasons. When it happened like that, we are not submissive. Our faith is not submissive. Let us be like the woman. God said that, I don't give children's bread. To dogs. Say, well, whether I'm a dog or whatever. I wasn't born by a dog. I was born by a human being. My mother is a, a human being. My father is a human being. So it's not because I want healing from you. You come and call me dog. The lady didn't try to justify anything. Hallelujah. Church after all. We see ourselves as human beings. What about the God who created us? We were monkeys and he has put human clothing on us. Do you know that God is the one who knows the real you? And while I close, there are certain blessings and certain miracles no matter what it is, some of us will never get it until we die. I mean, you must know. Because God has never created everything for everybody. That is why you don't force yourself to get what Mr. A and Sister B has. Don't force because they are saying things you can never get. You can do whatever you can never get. it. You can never get it. And the oil is you it's always a dangerous thing to, to look at people and say that me I will be like you. It's dangerous. Because you can't be like anybody. There is special make that God has made people. There are special blessings God has for some people. There are special glories God has given to some people. There are special faith God has given to some people. If God has not given that to you, you can never be like them. I mean, I'll be like you. I'll be like you. No, you can't be like the person. Hallelujah. You can just learn about them. But you can't be like them. If you want to be like me, then you must have the character I have. The temper I have, the faith I have, the grace I have, the strength I have, and the weaknesses I have in order to be like me. But if you can't possess that, you can't be like me. Amen. If you don't think the way I think, how can you be like me? If you don't feel the way I feel, how can you be like me? So, you can't, and, and church, it is about time we begin to submit our faith before God so that God make us what he wants us to be. He gives us what we deserve than trying to justify ourselves so that we want to and, and put unnecessary burden. Church, and most of the burdens we are going in as Christians is because we want to be like somebody. We have given a a, a, a finishing mark to ourselves. I want to be like that minister. I want to be like that manager. I want to be like that pastor. Why you you don't, have, you don't share the same, the same uh, 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 character, the same attitude, the same weakness, the same strength. Why don't you be like yourself and submit yourself that God, this is how far I can run 50 meters. I can run 100 meters. I can eat banku well than rice. Concentrate on your banku and spices and eat it with all that can make you stronger with banku. And leave the one who can eat chickenatus and indomie. Leave them to eat. But sometimes no. Because I went to their house and they are eating indomie and sliced chicken. So he also came and eat indomie and sliced chicken. And the time you are supposed to go to work you are running. You, you run and your water tank is finished. And still there is still more to come. When you are insulting the, the person, you do this and do that. Meanwhile, the person has not done anything. If you have eaten your banku and this thing, you wouldn't have, you have a concrete stomach and you work the whole day and you have no problem. We bring burdens on our faith just because we try to justify ourselves. Let us be submissive before God. Let us be humble before God. Let's go to God on what we want and deal with God on matters that is about our life. If it is not about you and you are going to God before somebody, concentrate on that person. If I'm praying for you, I'm praying for your good. And it's about you I'm praying for. I don't have to bring somebody in to come and equate your life. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm praying for Smith to get married, and then they say, Pastor, you see that Abbott has got married, you see that Riafi has got married, you see that, so Smith has got married. It is waste. The fact that the two have got married has nothing to do with him getting married. You know the reason why he has not got married? Maybe you think that, oh, he's of man. he's this thing, he lives in a house, and he so he has to get married you don't know maybe Charlie his ideas and his, what is his, his plan for marriage is not intact yet. Hallelujah church and as I grow little, so, so many things come to mind and I sit down and say we used to worry ourselves. We used to run race that are not our race. unnecessary things. My younger sister is married, my younger brother is married so I must. Well, your younger one has got a very good settlement and life and this thing so you must why my friend we all finishing university he a manager so I must also be a manager meanwhile you know you couldn't even man, you can't even manage and you said I must because my classmate is a manager amen. amen so I must be a manager then you are forcing yourself therefore that MBA so I must also go and do an MBA in, ma- in manage- strategic management people who have heard are doing it you know the head you push it and it comes out and you know if you are going to do strategic sewing when you cut a design I know a sister that he went and do civil engineering after he finished everything brought the certificate to the parent went to that it used to call Zynga or something is this fashion designer is this singer or something he went there and learned and he has done it he has gone to back to university to polish those that thing up and, uh, and today he has a very big nice fashion this thing it's making big money and he put the civil engineering certificate somewhere and it's making money all is because we want to be like somebody shifting brains and blaming somebody before we close, enunty, sometimes somebody can just be, we can get envy of people for no reason. Just because we wanted to become like the person or we, we wish we were like the person and we are not him so we are envy of the person. And we are all in church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm talking about submissive faith. We have to submit our faith as Christians. And in the years coming, God wants to bless us. So we should be careful about these petty, 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 petty things which make us too proud. Sometimes we hear some, 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 somebody call you on phone and some of the things, I say, ah, why should this be your problem? Pastor, you have to talk to this sister. What has she done? Pastor, ah, after church I was standing there and then she just moved her car and just drove behind me and pa, pa. Why? Is it because I don't have a car? I said, ah, do you say she drove the car behind you and blew the horn on you? Pastor, yes, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I said, ah. She moved the car and saw you and come and stand behind you and blew the horn purple, just because enviness in the heart. Maybe the person has just moved their car and they are not even thinking Or maybe they blew the horn just because Hallelujah. If we want God to give to us, let's submit ourselves and believe him for our own. Amen. Hallelujah.